You are listening to the Grace Church of Mapton podcast. This week's sermon by Pastor Adam Copenhaver covers Psalm 100. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you, Paul, for reading our text. It's good to be uh, back with you again today. I was away last Sunday at our fellowship's annual conference. And so as a church, we're members of a fellowship of churches now called the Karis Fellowship. And so there are a few hundred churches or so across the country that are part of this fellowship of churches. And then there's actually a few thousand more churches around the world, many of them in Africa, where a lot of churches have been started over the last hundred years or so. And so every year there's a national conference where all the pastors or a lot of the pastors and church leaders gather uh, together. Uh, This year it was in Indiana on the campus of Grace College, which is our fellowship's college and seminary. And so whether you knew it or not, you as a church uh, support me and send me to the conference, and I go as a representative of our church to the conference, and then all of the ministries of our fellowship are there, the missions organization and the church planting organization, the chaplains organization, and so on. Lots of meetings, lots of business meetings, lots of updates, lots of committees, all the, all the fun things um, I was able to do last week. And then also some of you know that been helping lead for our fellowship a theology symposium, and so some of that work that we've been doing over the last few years on the issue of gender and sexuality, uh, we're working on that as well while we were there. So thank you for letting me be away, for sending me away, getting rid of me for a week, uh, but a good and profitable time uh, there in Indiana, and now it's good to be home. So our sermon text today is Psalm 100. It's a short psalm. It didn't take too long for Paul to read it. But it's a psalm that is overflowing with joy and with enthusiasm. If you look at the translation of it in in your Bible where it's printed, you'll see that there are a lot of exclamation points in the psalm. It's an energetic psalm inviting us to have joy, to rejoice as we worship the Lord together. So it's an invitation to joy. That's kind of a nice way of saying it. The reality is the psalm commands joy. Make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness, commanding us to be joyful, to be glad. Uh, We're going to see, and we'll talk about this in our message here this morning, that joy, though, can be a slippery thing for us. It's hard to hold on to. Just because it's commanded doesn't mean we can immediately be joyful. And so as Christians, we can each today even think about our own lives and ask ourselves, well, how joyful am I today? On a scale of one to 10, how abundant is your joy? You know, we can get out like the joyometer, like where's your joy on on the joy meter today? Because joy is not something that we necessarily always feel as Christians. So today we're going to be talking about through this psalm, what does it look like for us as Christians to have joy, but also to renew our joy, to grow in joy. So we have an outline for today. This is in your bulletin. If you want to pull out the note-taking page, you can follow along and take notes. It's up here on the screen as well. Three points today. First, a joyful song. We'll look at Psalm 100 and how joy works within it. Second, the reason for joy We'll see why it is that we as Christians ought to have joy in Psalm 100. And then third and finally, finding joy. How do we rediscover our joy when it's slipping or fading away? So a joyful song, our first point, a joyful song. 
The book of Psalms is really a collection of psalms and poems. So a couple of weeks ago, I said it's kind of like an old-fashioned hymnal. It's, got, it's like a book of all the different songs and prayers that the people of Israel would have sung and prayed back a couple thousand years ago in the days of the Old Testament, the days of Israel. And some of the psalms, when you read through them, some of them are very personal. They're very individual with like, I am confessing my sin. I am crying out to God when I am suffering and all alone. And in the weeks to come, we'll look at a few of those types of psalms. But others of the psalms are corporate. They're intended for God's people to sing together as a community on various occasions. And Psalm 100 seems to be one of these corporate kind of songs, a song that is inviting people into the temple for worship. It seems to be functioning almost like we, what we sometimes, if you've heard this language before around the church, we sometimes might describe as a call to worship, a call to worship for the people of Israel. So if you look at the psalm in your Bible here, if you look at verse one, here's how the psalm begins. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. The commands here, the invitation, it's time to worship, and it's trying to gather all people, all the earth, come and worship the Lord. And verse 4 gives the invitation a little more specifically. If you look at verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. This is speaking in Old Testament times, speaking of the temple. The gates into the temple, saying the gates are open, enter through the gates, come into the temple courts, the courts of the temple, and this is where worship would happen. This is where the priests are ready, where scripture is going to be read, where prayers and sacrifices will be offered, songs will be sung. And so Psalm 100 is this call to worship, the invitation. Time has come. Temple's ready, preparations have been made, everyone come in and worship. It kind of seems to function almost like old-fashioned church bells. Anybody remember church bells like in the old days? Okay, maybe you've heard, seen it in movies or something like this, how church bells would work. Churches around here, including our church, we don't really build churches with bells anymore, with steeples with bells in them or a bell tower. We once lived for a short time in a city that was an older city that had lots of old church buildings, some of them a few hundred years old, and many of these church buildings had bells. And on Sunday morning, as we would walk to church through the city, you could hear the bells ringing all around the city. And it was an invitation, a call to the people of the city that it's time to worship, that the church doors are open. Everything is ready. The worship team has prepared their music. The pastors prepared the sermon. Prayers are ready. It's time to come in and worship together. And so Psalm 100 is saying something similar. It's time to enter the gates, time to gather. And Psalm 100 says, as you come in the doors, though, you better be joyful. You better be happy about it. Get excited about gathering together and coming together into God's presence to worship. Now, you laugh at that because you know the reality, like I do, that sometimes gathering for worship is not really that exciting. If it was so joyful, wouldn't more people do it? Wouldn't more people come for worship? 
Sometimes, if we're honest, gathering for worship feels more like a chore or a duty than something that we enjoy. And so Psalm 100, to me at least, seems a little pushy, the psalm, commanding us to be joyful, exclamation point, exclamation point, be glad, like almost like you're going to go to church, you're going to be happy about it, whether you're happy about it or not. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some of you have said that in your homes even to one another, family members. The, the other day, some friends of ours, we were talking with some friends of ours, and they were talking about their marriage, how she, the wife, is a mourning person and the husband is not, and they've been married like 25 years, and so she was saying that she has to try and has tried really hard through the years to not annoy him in the mornings because she wakes up, and she's, maybe some of you are like this, she wakes up, she's immediately alert and eager for the day, like her life is already exploding with exclamation points, and he is still groggy and half asleep, and so she just knows she needs to stay away from him, don't annoy him, you know. Psalm 100 is like the annoying morning person on Sunday morning. It's time to be happy, time to go to church, time to sing songs, time to pray, time to serve the Lord. Let's all get excited about it. You know, I, I learned a song as a kid in Sunday school. Maybe some of you have heard this song before. It says, I'm in right, out right. Do you know that song? I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. Since Jesus Christ came in and took away my sin, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. How about that, huh? Yeah. What's wrong with that song? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I should sing more often. What's wrong with that song? Well, what's wrong with that song? Am I really happy all the time? Is that really true? Psalm 100 seems to suggest that we should always be bubbling over with joy and with excitement, with enthusiasm for the Lord. Is that really what it's saying to us? Here's one of those times when we need to remember that Psalm 100, this psalm is just one psalm in the midst of a big book of psalms. How many psalms are in the book of psalms? 150 psalms. And if you read through all of them, a lot of the psalms are like Psalm 100. They're enthusiastic, they're joyful, they're happy. A lot of the psalms, though, are not so happy. In fact, Everett mentioned this when he read the psalm earlier in our service, that seem to be like a lament psalm almost. There are these, what we call lament psalms, sad psalms in the book of Psalms, where the psalmist is in a dark place, overwhelmed with sadness, crying out to God because everything is going wrong in life and God seems so far away. Where are you, God? Why don't you act? Why is my soul so downcast? There's lament and sadness, almost what we would call today sometimes depression for the psalmist. There are psalms in the book of Psalms of grief and sorrow where the psalmist has experienced tragedy and loss, death of loved ones. There are psalms that confess sin where the psalmist is overwhelmed with guilt because of his sin and the ache, the pain from his sin, his guilt goes all the way into his bones as he cries out to God, for mercy and for God to even renew his joy. So the, the book of Psalms on the whole, and we'll look at some of these 
different psalms, the lament psalms and others in the weeks to come as we continue thinking about the book of Psalms. We'll look at some of those. But the book of Psalms as a whole, it's very aware of the ups and downs of the Christian life. In fact, I've heard several different people say something to the effect of, in the book of Psalms, you can find a psalm for every emotion you'll ever feel as a Christian. There's a psalm for it. Guilt, shame, sadness, grief, bitterness, exhaustion, depression, it's all in the Psalms. So when we get to Psalm 100, it's an invitation to joyful worship in Psalm 100, but it's not superficial. It's not a denial of the hard realities of life. It's not saying, hey, everybody, come into the temple to worship and let's all pretend that life is not hard. Let's all sing kumbaya while we ignore the bad things in our lives and in our world. Psalm 100 is much richer, much deeper than that. The book of Psalms is saying the world is a dark place. And in fact, you as an individual, like the psalmist, you may be experiencing great hardship even now. You and your own emotions, you may feel anything but joy in your life. You may be experiencing overwhelming sorrow. You may have pain or grief or weariness. You may feel like God is far away. You may wonder if, you, if he has forgotten you. And it's in the midst of all of that that Psalm 100 looks to you, to me, in those kinds of moments even, and it rings the church bell. And it says, it's time to enter the doors. Time to come together in God's presence to sing songs to him, to give thanks to him with gladness and rejoicing, even in the midst of hardship and sorrows. So the psalm here says, worship God with joy at all times, regardless of whether you feel joyful or not in this moment, but worship God with joy all the same. So how do we do that? And why would the psalm even tell us to do that? Why would we worship God with joy when we're suffering hardship? Well, this takes us to our second point, the reason for joy. The reason for joy now. Psalm 100, if we look at the whole psalm, again, not long, only five verses, but it has a very simple pattern to it. It gives a call to worship and then a reason. And then it gives a second call to worship and then a reason. So there's two calls to worship, two reasons here, if you can follow that pattern. So the first call to worship comes in verses one and two. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Then we have the reason in verse three. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That's the first reason. <clears throat> then the pattern starts over. Verse four gives us a second call to worship. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. And then verse five gives the second reason. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So why make a joyful noise? And serve the Lord with gladness. 
Well, the reason Psalm 100 gives is entirely theological and not circumstantial. You know, there's a loaded phrase. The reason is theological and not circumstantial. In other words, Psalm 100 says we should be joyful because of who God is and who we are as his people, regardless of the circumstances. Doesn't mention circumstances, mentions who God is and who we are as his people. And it points to God and to foundational things about God that never change. Verse 3 says, look to God, know that the Lord, he is God. The Lord here, it's the Hebrew word Yahweh, the God of the Bible, the one true God above all other gods. He is God, the psalm reminds us. Then verse 3 goes on to say, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The Lord God, he created us. Not only did he create us and give us life, but he's the one who made us into his people. This was true for the people of Israel in the Old Testament, that God had called them to be his people, made his covenant with them. It's true for us as Christians. By faith in Christ, we have become children of God. We are brought into his people. We belong to him. And so when we gather together, even as we've gathered together today, we're gathered together as the people of God. We are the sheep come together as the flock in his pasture. He is God, we are his. And like we talked about with the kids, just like each farmer has a flock of sheep and the shepherd, the farmer knows his sheep and knows who are his. God is the shepherd, he's the farmer, we are his sheep, he knows his sheep, that we are his. We belong to God and to no other. And so then we might ask, well, okay, so if God is our farmer, our shepherd, we belong to him as sheep, is that a good thing or not a good thing? I don't know how much you've been around farmers, but not all farmers are equally good to their sheep. Not all farmers take equal care of them. Some farmers might even dye their wool different colors, right, to tell whose sheep are whose or give them mohawks and embarrassing haircuts, right? Not all farmers are good farmers. So what kind of God is our shepherd this God that we belong to. Well, verse five says, here's the kind of God he is. The second reason, verse five, the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Verse five says three things about the nature of God. He is good, he is loving, and he is faithful. He's a good shepherd who knows how to take good care of his sheep. And he loves us as his sheep. He does what is best for his sheep. And he is faithful. We can trust that he will never stop being good and loving. And these qualities, his goodness, his love, his faithfulness, they never change. Verse 5 says his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations no matter what we are experiencing in life, these truths remain. God is good, he is loving, he is faithful. And he is our God, and we are his people, and we are in his pasture under his care. 
Is there any better pasture to be in? Any better farmer or shepherd to have? These truths about God, they are, they are true no matter our circumstances. When everything is going well for us in life, I'm healthy, I have a good job, I've got everything I need, my bank account looks pretty good, my kids, my grandkids, they're all doing well, life is going good. This is true that God is good, loving, and faithful as our shepherd. But also when life is hard and miserable, when I'm sick, when a loved one dies, when I'm broke, when my kids are driving me crazy, when I'm depressed, when I wonder if it's even worth it to get out of bed in the morning, when God seems far away and silent in these bad times, God remains good, loving, faithful as our shepherd, and we are in his pasture. And so it's because of what never changes because of who God is and always will be that Psalm 100 calls us to rejoice before him without giving any exceptions for the circumstances. It's not enter his gates with thanksgiving if you feel happy today. It's enter in and rejoice because God is good, loving, and faithful today, whether he seems to be in your life or not. And so our joy as Christians is theologically based, not circumstantially based. Is that a word, circumstantially? It is today. It's a word today. Our joy is theologically based, not circumstantially based. So this is the reason for our joy. And now we come to our third point, finding joy. How do we find joy as Christians? How do we live in obedience to Psalm 100? And again, especially when we don't feel very joyful. So our third point, finding joy. It's been a year and a half ago now. It's hard to believe it's already been this long. It was in January of 2021, a year and a half ago, that I was asked to lead a devotional, a short 10-minute or so Bible lesson, for a business meeting of pastors. Okay, so this is, doesn't this just get your juice flowing? Like, doesn't that sound like a great time, a business meeting of pastors? Yeah, I was serving at that time on a board for our fellowship of churches. Every year we met in January, this board. So in January, in the middle of winter, and we would meet though in Southern California. So in January, in Southern California, we're at this church where we'd meet. Now this is, this is hard to think about, okay? A church that is located one block from the beach in Southern California, okay? Like sign me up for that church, right? But then I was just talking to the pastor and about how jealous I was that he had a beach right next to his church. And he said, yeah, but I bet you have more than eight parking spots for your church. Okay, so I was like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. They have a real parking problem when you have real estate like that. Anyway, we'd normally meet at this church down at the beach for two days, two long days of business meetings every January. January of 2021, you might remember, this is when COVID lockdowns were a thing when COVID was going around and all that. And so instead of traveling to these business meetings in California, the business meetings were moved onto Zoom. We're gonna have two days of online business meetings. Now, I don't know how many of you spent time on Zoom in the, in the past and through all of these things and what you think about that, but eight hours a day for two days in a row of business meetings on Zoom, like I could not hardly imagine 
something more miserable than that. But I was asked to lead this devotional time. So there's 15 or 20 pastors or so in this Zoom meeting. I'd gotten to know most of them, and I knew that this was a very hard season for many of these pastors. Pastors have hard times too. And for many of these pastors, they had a much harder time even than we did here in our church trying to navigate all that COVID stuff and the lockdowns at that time. There were people angry at them. Many of them had lost half their congregations. Pastors were quitting. Pastors were tired, not enduring. It was a very difficult time. And so Psalm 100 tells us not only to make a joyful noise to the Lord, to sing songs to the Lord, but verse 1 also says, serve the Lord, and then what does it say? With gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. And so we talked about this as pastors in that Zoom meeting, about what does it look like to serve the Lord with gladness when all the circumstances of serving the Lord are anything but glad for many of them in that season. And then we looked at the reasons in Psalm 100, that God is good, loving, and faithful, that he is our God, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God has not changed and will not change. So we can rejoice and serve him with gladness, even when life is miserable and hard. How do we find joy? We find joy in God by looking beyond the circumstances to the theology, to remembering God's goodness, love, and faithfulness. Now, back in January of 2021, we talked about this in this devotional time. And after that 10-minute devotional, I can tell you that nothing changed in our circumstances. We finished the devotional, and then we had seven hours and 50 minutes of business meetings on Zoom. Lockdowns, COVID, all the problems were still there. But at least for me, a 10-minute reminder does something in the heart. It gives a little relief for, for a brief moment, a renewed sense of joy, of God's goodness, even in the midst of hardship. But if you're like me, and I suspect we're all like this, our joy as Christians has a short lifespan. It fades really quickly. It doesn't sustain. It constantly needs to be renewed. We need constant reminders of who God is and who we are as his people. So where will we find the constant reminders? Well, Psalm 100 says, we'll find the ongoing renewal of our joy by gathering together with God's people in God's place for worship and service together where we remind one another of God's faithfulness. It's a communal psalm about God's people coming together and finding joy. And this is where that devotional a year and a half ago fell short because we weren't really gathered together, kind of Zoom gathering, whatever that is. But even more, it wasn't a habit. We had that meeting that day. And then some of those pastors who were on that Zoom call, I haven't seen or talked to in the past year and a half. And I would guess that they've all forgotten that devotional by now. I like to think that it was so profound 
that they're all meditating on it every day, a year and a half later. No, reality is they've forgotten it all. We need a habit as Christians, a habit of remembering who God is and renewing our joy. In the Old Testament time, the Israelites had a calendar with rhythms of worship every Sabbath, gathering together to worship God, festivals and feasts throughout the year when they would stop what they were doing, sing a song like Psalm 100 and all come together to make a joyful noise together. Psalm 100 calling them in the temple. And it's the same for us as Christians. What do we need if we're going to have joy? We need regular, ongoing reminders of who God is. How do we get those? It's when we gather together with God's people when we sing songs of praise together with God's people, when we give thanks to God together as God's people, we make joyful noises together as God's people, we teach, we look at a scripture, we remind one another of God's goodness, his love, and thanksgiving. See, God doesn't design for us as Christians to find joy by ourselves in isolation at home. It's when we gather together as his people that our joy is renewed. There were several studies done, and maybe you saw some of these studies and surveys that were done during the COVID season about the impact of lockdowns and COVID and what was happening to people's mental health. I don't know if you saw these studies and surveys, but, but the ones that I saw, these studies showed that people became less happy during that season. And the Decline in happiness was true of every demographic of people. No matter how you divided up the population by age, by gender, by educational level, income, race, everyone had less joy, with one exception. There's one group of people who did not become less happy, but maintained their happiness, and even in some studies had an increase in joy and happiness. And do you know who the group of people was that had an increase in joy and happiness? Well, this being a sermon in the church, you might say, well, Christians, obviously, pastor. Well, that's close, but not quite. People who identified themselves as Christians actually declined in joy just like everyone else. The one group of people who maintained or increased in happiness was the Christians who continued attending religious services on a regular basis, who were gathering together for worship, they increased in joy. Christians who regularly enter the gates with thanksgiving, their joy is renewed and refreshed. And by the way, this was also true even before covid there's a Pew Research Center study from 2019, 2019 that revealed that those are kind of the same sort of thing. Those who just identify themselves as Christians say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and then they rate their happiness. They rate their happiness at the same level as everyone else in the world. But those who are actively involved in their church report being very happy at a much higher rate than everyone else, including those who identify themselves as Christians. So these surveys, these studies, they're kind of revealing Psalm 100 
in action. There's a connection between gathering together as God's people to sing, to pray, to give thanks, to remember who God is. There's a connection between that and actually having joy in life. Circumstances are the same for everybody. This is how we renew our joy in Psalm 100. So what do we do when we don't feel joyful? What do we do when we do feel joyful? Either way, the habit is the same. We gather with God's people, we worship, and we serve together. So at the end of the day, Psalm 100 is basically a psalm about why we should go to church every Sunday. Look at that, right? Did the pastor really just manage to turn this sermon into a sermon about us going to church every Sunday? Well, yes, I did, and there it is. So the pastor just told you, go to church every Sunday, okay? Next week, come back, and we'll have a sermon on why you should tithe and give money to the church. Okay, there it is. That thing's the pastor is supposed to say. But Psalm 100, it really does give us the command, it really does just say it, gather together with God's people joyfully, whether you feel joyful or not. And in this way, your joy will be renewed. It's essential for us as God's people to be his people together, to gather in his presence, to come into his pasture together, giving thanks, singing, teaching, serving together. Well, then you might say, well, gee, pastor, you know you're preaching this sermon to the people who actually came to church this morning. Like we are the ones who walked through the doors, entered the gates with Thanksgiving this morning. So excellent to all of you. Well done today for honoring Psalm 100. And now that we're here, now that we're here, I hope you've caught the reminder of Psalm 100 that today, today this remains true. The Lord, he is God, and he made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, and the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. So be glad today, and may our joy be renewed as we sing praises to him and give him thanks and serve him together with gladness. So I want to end by reading Psalm 100 again for us. It's not long, so read it again. Here's what it says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen. This has been a podcast from Grace Church of Mabton. For more information, visit our website at mabtongbc.org.